You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. What's up, everyone? What a game between the Sixers and Nets. Came down to the wire. Philly pulled it out. Some trash talking after the game. We'll get into all that. But before I do, don't forget, subscribe to the Liberty Ballers Podcast Network. You can catch us anywhere you get your fix. And of course, check us out at libertyballers.com. We've got a talented team of writers always covering you for all things related to the Sixers. All right, before we jump into this, Doc Rivers, if you didn't hear, placed in the league's health and safety protocols. So he wasn't on the bench for this one. Uh, Dan Burke was the acting coach. Andre Drummond, Shake Milton back in the lineup, still no Danny Green. But man, what a finish to this game. The Sixers get a 110-102 win over Brooklyn. Kevin Durant, James Harden played in this one, still no Kyrie Irving, but the Nets pretty much at full go considering where they were at the last time these two teams played where Brooklyn beat Philly without a ton of their stars. But looking at, at, at this game, the Sixers... Got huge efforts. No surprise, Joel Embiid been doing it consistently over the last three, four weeks. He had 34 points, seven rebounds, including the dagger and one. And he let the Nets know about it as well. Tyrese Maxey, quite possibly his best game in terms of with Joel Embiid in the lineup. 25 points, hit a career-high five threes, including a big one in the fourth quarter. That one came with the Sixers down by one. Kevin Durant had just hit a three. Maxey comes back. Hits one of his own, puts the Sixers up 95-93, and then he hit another three-pointer with the Sixers up by one. It was 199 with two minutes and 43 seconds left. He hit another three and a great find from Embiid, too, in the corner. And Maxi was talking trash, too. He was getting into it with the Nets. And, and this was, honestly, the most fun game. You can probably tell by my voice that I was jumping and yelling at the TV. I was into this one all the way through. Both teams who are expected to be Eastern Conference juggernauts uh, they played with a ton of intensity as well. But this was a really, really good win for the Sixers, uh, considering where they have been in terms of up and down with their consistency over the past few weeks. Uh, have now won four or five, three in a row overall, off for the weekend as we get into the new year and won't play again until they take on the lowly Rockets at home on Monday. But yeah, so many things to like from, from this game. I'm going to get into some of the st stuff overall. You're, you're looking at this. The Sixers played quite possibly their best quarter overall in the first uh, Embiid was on fire, 16 points in nine minutes to start the game. The Sixers shot 53% from the field, had a 39-31 lead. And then we saw the Jekyll and Hyde act in the second quarter. Uh, Andre Drummond looked great, by the way, in this one, too. He, he was a monster when he was in the first half coming in for Embiid. Ended up finishing with a double-double, 10 points, 10 boards in just 16 minutes of action. But he helped the Sixers kind of maintain a lead. But, oof, the last nine minutes of that second quarter, not very good. Uh, complete opposite of the first. Philly was up 43-32 with just over nine minutes left. Brooklyn went on a 15-4 run. Uh, ended up tying it up with just two and a half minutes left. The Sixers shot five of 23 over the last nine minutes and 50 seconds. So it was like, uh-oh, here we go again, going into the third quarter. And again, the third quarter, Sixers were neck and neck with the Nets. 
Kevin Durant inexcusably left open for back-to-back threes, put the Nets up by seven. But the Sixers had their sharpshooter of their own respond with back-to-back long bombs. And George Niang, the minivan, was looking so good in this one. Such an underrated signing. He had nine points. Six of those came in that stretch right there, but that didn't allow Brooklyn to really pull away in this one. And then, of course, Tyrese Maxey, who I mentioned, this was in the third quarter. He hit back-to-back threes as well that put the Sixers up going into the fourth. And looking at, at, at how they responded, especially on the offensive end, and this has been the knock the whole time. I mean, Tobias Harris, arguably the, the, the team's best overall second player. Again, I don't know if that's so true this year. It wasn't last year either, but four or 14 from the field again, struggled overall. And usually we've seen that when the Sixers aren't getting help from either Embiid or Seth Curry, who had 17 in this one, it's like, oh, oh, they're going to be in trouble. But this is where having Tyrese Maxey step up again with, with, to me, the best game he's played with Joel on the court. And, and that looked like, you know, those two are finding some chemistry. We've talked about Doc and the coaching staff potentially looking at staggering their minutes to give Maxi some more run with the second unit where he can kind of be the focal point. Uh, but the Sixers have done a good job. Uh, uh, well, they did in this one, at least, looking at at how Maxi and Embiid can play with each other and off of each other. And if Maxi's going to be able to consistently hit open threes from the corner, that just opens up a whole new part of his game. And it opens up a, a lot more for the Sixers on offense. Now, do I think it's it's reasonable to expect that Maxi will be able to put up 25 a game just considering where he's at in his development on a night-to-night basis? I think that might be a, a, a tough task for him just at this point in his career, in his second year as a 21-year-old. But if you look at what happens with the Sixers in these close games when they have two guys at least being able to contribute consistently, because Seth Curry has been pretty good overall throughout the season in terms of scoring. But when they're able to get another guy like Maxi, who's, who's able to put up 25 points, create for the guys around him, you also had four dimes in this one. It takes a ton of pressure off of Joel Embiid. And I said this following the Raptors game that the Sixers really need to address that because otherwise it might be a wasted season for Joel. And what, why I'm saying that is because you're looking around the NBA, there's other than golden state and Phoenix in the West who are, who are, obliterating the competition. The Jazz are, are playing really, really well uh, alongside those two teams. There's not many great teams in the NBA that you're looking at that are just like, well, you know, a lot like we felt like the Warriors, you know, from that run between 2015 and 2019, that they're going to be in the finals year in and year out. Even Brooklyn with Kyrie Irving, I think if the Sixers can get another all-star caliber player, and again, this is easier said than done, they're right there with the Nets. They're right there with the Milwaukee Bucks. And I've said this before, I'm not scared just as as good as the Bulls are playing. I'm not scared of them. I think Miami's going to be a tough out in the playoffs, just given how good they are defensively and the talent they have around Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo. You're looking at Kyle Lowry. That's a really, really good team too. But the Sixers, I still think are right there with the Heat as constructed. But with one more guy, one more all-star level player, man, they're going to be a scary, scary team to play in the playoffs. And we know they have one all-star level guy and Harrison Grimm, a Liberty Bardos pointed this out that they've now fined Ben Simmons more than 10 million uh, following this game overall for not being there. But if Daryl Morey can figure out a way to maybe weasel a, a, a Bradley Beal trade or get Shea Gilgis Alexander from OKC or just someone who's, who's able to contribute at a high level consistently in terms of the offensive end, uh, I think I think the Sixers are, are going to be right there with with the upper echelon NBA teams. As I mentioned, the Sixers now 19-16 after a 110-102 win over the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, lots of things to be happy about in this game, but bigger picture, we want to see the Sixers do this game in and game out and, and get on a run here.
you're looking at the NBA standings. They're only five games behind Brooklyn. That, I mean, when I say only, I don't mean that's going to be easy ground to make up, but I mean, they certainly can, can climb up into the, the two, three, four seed, um, with, with an extended run here. And I think that's what we should be looking for. And don't want to see the Sixers play down to the level of competition anymore either. You know, you heard Doc Rivers after the Raptors game, um, accost Keith Pompey, who's one of the best Sixers reporters out there uh, for asking if it's concerning that the team is playing down to the level of competition. That Raptors team was decimated by, by guys missing through the league's health and safety protocols. So now you got Houston. You got Orlando. You got a struggling Spurs squad uh, after that. And then they take on Charlotte. Those are the four games that they have next week. Only the the Hornets are above 500 out of their next you know, four opponents. And, and again, I'm not disrespecting Charlotte or anything, but looking around, I mean, the Spurs are 14 and 19. The Rockets are 10 and 25, one of the worst teams in the league. And you also got that game against Orlando, who's even worse than Houston at 7 and 29. So this is a week I want to see the Sixers coming up next week is what I mean in the new year. Win all four of those games. Win all four of those games that you got. Houston, Orlando, San Antonio, Charlotte, the, the week after that, they're going to have a bit of a break there, which is much needed just considering where, where the team has been at in terms of missing guys with COVID. I think the whole league really has been going through it. But those four games that they have coming up, you win those four, all of a sudden you're on a seven-game streak. You've won eight out of nine. Getting that record up to 23 and 16, more in line with where it should be. And again, playing without Joel, the team obviously struggled for those three weeks. So I think the record is is in indicative of the fact that they were missing so many guys but now would be a good time for the Sixers to get on that run and then you know by the time we get into two weeks from now we're going to be less than a month away from the trade deadline and I think trade chatter will start to pick up as we get into the new year we wanted to wait till December 15th path which is when a lot more guys were eligible to be traded just in terms of the recent free agent signings uh, other contracts in terms of people re-signing with their squads you have to wait that out so uh I, I do think we'll start to see more movement. And just given what's happened around the league with all the COVID stuff, with, with so many teams, and we saw the Sixers go through it earlier, I think, than most around the NBA. But, you know, we've seen the Bulls miss a ton of guys. Milwaukee was missing Giannis. Uh, Brooklyn was dealing with, with some of their players. So you're looking at that. And I think that maybe slowed things down on the transaction front. And I think that'll start to pick up in terms of trade chatter as we get into the middle of January. But, yeah, this is a time where now you want to see the Sixers start to get on that roll. This is going to be a great opportunity to take care of business over these next four games. And then you got Boston, Miami, Washington, Orlando again after that. So a lot still to be decided in the Eastern Conference. And like I mentioned, looking at it, you know, a five game deficit behind Brooklyn, not insurmountable. It might be tough, though, just given the level of talent that the Nets have for the top spot in the East. But as, as I was saying before the break, looking at where this squad can be with just another all star level guy, I think Philly has solid depth already. You have a top dog, the lead man in Joel Embiid there, just need that second all-star level guy. Just, I really think the Sixers can compete for a championship if they get that because that bumps down Tobias Harris, Seth Curry, Tyrese Maxey to your three, four, and five offensive options. And you can even then now look at bringing uh, guys like Danny Green off the bench, which they have done, and, and starting Matisse Thibel in some of the games. And by the way, do you notice this too, that Matisse Thibel running out and contesting three-pointers, I don't think there's anybody better in the NBA. Sure, he has his offensive limitations, but his effort, I thought he did a good job on, on Kevin Durant overall when he was out there. Guarding Durant, Durant did have 33, but he forced him into some tough threes. Uh, just getting out and contesting, getting out and, and putting it all out there and running up 
and getting sky high to contest these these threes. I think he does good. But again, I give the I think that gives the Sixers so much more depth if they can now finally fill that slot that they're missing with Ben Simmons being gone and 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 moving some of these guys down the rotation because Andre Drummond. Don't want him playing 30 minutes a night, I don't think. But again, in short spurts where he's not playing, where Joel's getting 31, 32 minutes a game, and you have Andre Drummond playing 15, 16, he fills up the stat sheet almost every single time. And then you got uh, George Niang, who, I, again, I, I mentioned this before the break, that a low-key great free agent signing. And he probably don't have to play Ferk as much, right? And and Ferk was unnoticeable in this one. He was 0-4 from the field, missed both of his free throws, had two assists. But gives you an improvement on that and gives you some championship level depth. I think right now the Sixers undoubtedly have playoff level depth, but they're lacking that championship level depth. And, and I think that if they're able to make that trade, bring some of these guys down the rotation one or, you know, one or two spots. And maybe if Daryl looks at this and, and thinks to himself, Hey, you know what? This squad can use another three and D guy, another scorer potentially or a creator off the bench that he's willing to give up a future asset like a future first round pick to acquire someone else who might become available as we get closer to February 10th which is when the deadline is I think the Sixers have everything they need to compete for a championship again I don't think at this point you can rely on Toby to be your second option I don't think you can rely on Tyrese Maxey to be a consistent second option I think he's going to be able to do it more often than not, but not consistently. And when you get in the playoffs, it's a whole different ballgame because now teams are game planning, watching film strictly on you and getting set up for an entire series. So there's so much to look forward to as we head into 2022 for the Sixers. Also a lot for us to look forward to at Liberty Ballers. Now, before I wrap things up, like I said, don't forget, subscribe to Liberty Ballers Podcast Network. We're growing things out, have new shows coming at you five days a week. Uh, also doing a ton of post-game stuff. And of course, our written content with Paul Hudrick leading the way. Steve Lippman, Dave Early, uh, Harrison Grimm. I can go down the line. There's so many great writers that we have who are contributing. And so we're building things up. We always appreciate a five-star review and a rating if you can give us that. Uh, and of course, subscribe to our network as well. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, you name it. We are there. That'll do it for this episode. Sean will be back with the Talking About Podcast on New Year's Eve. And then we'll catch up with you all in the new year. more to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high quality leads, fast closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.